Let me talk to you a little bit about Jace Medical. Jace Medical uh, is a great organization that I found, I don't know, a few years ago. Um, they are um, helping you have the antibiotics and all of the medicine that you might take on a daily basis. Have those things in your house in case there's a shortage. In fact, where did I put that story today? There was a story that came out today about shortages uh, on medicine and then a cyber attack also on prescription drug coverage uh, for United Health. We're, we're very, very close to anything um, could happen. And you should be prepared. And the way to prepare yourself right now is with Jace Medical. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. You can get a year's worth of your medications that your family takes at your home. Just go to Jace, J-A-S-E medical.com. Jace medical.com. Make sure you use a promo code and you'll get a discount on your order. America and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We got a lot on our plate today, but I want to start with illegal immigration. I want to start where um, CNN and AP and everybody else says, "Oh, what are you, what are you talking about? There's no problem with crime because of illegal immigration." Yes, there is. Daniel Horowitz is going to be joining us. He's been compiling the stats. Um, it is a real problem, and everyone knows it except the media but they continue to lie to you. We'll start there in 60 seconds. Stand by. First, our sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. Lisa wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She says, I have a disability assist dog, a precious English black lab, and I want to take the best care of her I can because she takes care of me. She loves her food with Rough Greens. Uh, her coat is shinier now. She does much better at her job these days of keeping her attention on me and my needs. That's all you have to do is take care of their needs. They are so loyal and so great. Lisa, thanks for uh, writing in. Um, your dog is experiencing the same thing that my dog, Uno, experienced um, years ago when we started feeding him Rough Greens. Start feeding your dog Rough Greens and you're going to see that they A, eat their kibble food. They eat it all, finish it, and they actually lick the bowl afterwards. It's quite amazing. Uno would never eat before this. But then you'll also see a change in their attention. You'll see a change in their um, in their activity level. It's almost like Uno was a puppy again. When I first started feeding Rough Greens, I thought he was a healthy, normal dog. And then I started feeding this, and I got to tell you, his activity level went through the roof. He spent a happier and healthier life 
because of Rough Greens, I believe. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-GLEN-33. Well, let's say hello to our executive, Mr. Stu Bergier. Hello, Stu. Glenn, how are you? Well, I'm I'm good. It is cold. It was what ninety yesterday in Dallas. Uh, yeah, ninety two. I think it got up to. Mm-hmm. Love it. First of all, global warming. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, global Bring warming. It it on. has not. It has not been that cold since like nineteen oh eight in Texas on that date, which means, or that hot, which means it was that hot. <laughs> A hundred years ago. I just want to point that out. But uh, it was really hot. And I had to fly up to the ranch yesterday. And uh, I'm going to spend a couple of days up here. And it was snowing when I got here. I mean, it's just whiplash uh, uh, for me because it's beautiful and very cold uh, up in the mountains. And for those uh, uh, listening see, on wanna... radio, it's important to note that Glenn is now at the ranch with a cowboy hat on. And has gone full Don Imus. Like it is, this is how it starts. I, I assume you're going to start a uh, charity up there for sick kids or something. Sorry, a charity. We got some sick kids here. We're just milking these kids for all they're worth. And uh, all right. So anyway, let's uh, uh, let's talk about illegal aliens. And in fact, one specific case that the White House mentioned briefly yesterday, White House spokesman finally commented on a report about Lakin Riley, her death late uh, Monday afternoon. They they spoke about it. They just said the murderer should be held accountable. Uh, we'd like to extend our deepest consult condolences to the family and loved ones of Lakin Hope Riley. People should be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law if they're found to be guilty, given this is an active case. I love this. They'll comment on anything unless it hurts them. Then it's like, you know, you got to talk to the Justice Department. I, I mean, we can't comment at this point. What about Hunter Biden and his crack cocaine and hooker thing? Uh, you're going to have to talk to the Justice Department. What about uh, what about uh, Donald Trump and his documents? That guy's a big fat liar and he's uh, he's spying on America with Russia. Well, shouldn't we discuss that? No, we've got that. You don't need to go to the Justice Department. We got that one handled. So anyway, finally, they said something. But the reaction from the press has been grotesque. CNN reported yesterday, in case you don't know, um, Lakin Riley, she was jogging. She was a university student in Georgia. She's jogging in the morning and she's brutally killed um and what a surprise it was an illegal alien and this time from venezuela so cnn reports yesterday quote there's little evidence leaking in illegal immigration and crime after the venezuelan migrant was charged in connection with murder of the 22 year old georgia nursing student uh found dead thursday university of georgia campus Signs of blunt force trauma after setting out for a jog in the morning. The suspect is 26-year-old Jose Antonio Ibarra. He had crossed into the U.S. illegally near El Paso in September 2022. The, uh, the Border Patrol uh, caught him at the border and then just gave him a ticket and released him into the United States. 
So he had been stopped, but then he goes up to New York and he got in trouble in New York. He was arrested last year in New York by the NYPD and charged with acting in a manner to injure a child less than 17 and a motor vehicle license violation. They didn't do anything uh, up in New York. They just they just let him go. Uh, and now uh, and now this. So <clears throat> now a new poll shows that many Americans think that there is a influx of illegal immigrants and that is causing an increase to crime. And let me just say, that's not true. It's not true. Well, it's not entirely true. It is the administration's uh, new regulations and guidelines that are letting all of these people in. We're having all of these problems because of the new guidelines. And then on top of that, we also have new guidelines issued by all of these district attorneys all over the country that were hired by none other than uh, George Soros. Good. So we got that going for us. That's what's causing crime. We're not enforcing our laws at the border. And then we're not enforcing our laws in our cities. Our government isn't enforcing the law. Our DAs aren't enforcing the law. And that's why you have criminals going crazy because they know I don't I'm not going to be charged with it. I'm going to be let go. It's not a problem. So yesterday, Biden uh, was taken on by Donald Trump. He uh, said, this is this is the problem with the Biden administration and our border. And everybody went crazy. By the way, he was charged with malice murder, felony murder, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, and hindering a 911 call and concealing the death of another. I don't know. Um, that seems pretty serious. So they uh, are not letting him go this time. The reason why they let him go last time in New York City is because New York City is a sanctuary city. Hmm. By the way, his brother also charged on Friday uh, for possessing a fraudulent green card being held in state custody. Now, uh, the federal arrest affidavit for Diego, the brother who killed the girl, uh, says that in September 23, Athens, Clark County police charged him with drunken driving and driving without a license. Oh, so he just did it in New York and then came down to Georgia. Uh, oh, and he was also later arrested for shoplifting and then skipping out on anything having to do with showing up for court. A majority of Americans now say that uh, a border wall has to be done. This is the first time since the history of polls that a majority of Americans say border wall, please. Trump says, I'm going to have a massive deportation. He said, it's going to be the largest deportation. If I'm elected, massive deportation. Uh, it'll be the biggest in, uh, in history. Okay, well, 
How do people feel about that? Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you how the Washington Post feels about it. After hundreds of thousands of Mexican migrants were put on buses, planes, and boats during the scorching summer of 1954 and sent across the U.S. border into often unfamiliar parts of Mexico, the head of the Immigration and Naturalization Service declared the border secured. It was the so-called wetback problem. But the military-style campaign which used the same slur in its name, Operation Wetback, tore families apart, forcibly uprooted people in the name of securing the border, experts say, and sometimes those efforts turned deadly. Now, first of all, can I just ask why it was a Samir in 1950 to uh, call this Operation Wetback? That, that's before it became a slur. Operation Wetback was called that because the people that were being deported were the people that crossed the Rio Grande and swam across or came across and they were wet when they got out. Now it's but now it's a slur, but it wasn't in the 1950s. Now, former President Donald Trump is using the Eisenhower era operation as a blueprint for his vision It will be the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. It will remove 10.5 million undocumented people in the United States, of whom two-thirds have lived in this country for more than a decade. Now, wait a minute. Hold on just a second. Why is it that we're going after the ones who have lived here for a decade? 10.5 million? I think we should probably start with the ones that are here that just came here and uh, have no reason to be here and uh are causing real problems you can go with the the last 10 million that have come in and they aren't the ones who have lived here for more than a decade got to get them because if you don't get them now what's going to happen the press will say they've been here for more than a decade Americans can expect, this is Donald Trump, Americans can expect that immediately upon President Trump's return to the Oval Office, he will restore all of his prior policies, implement brand new crackdowns that will send shockwaves to all the world's criminal smugglers and marshal every federal and state power necessary to institute the deportation operation. It's a spokesperson from him yesterday. Undocumented illegal immigrants should not get comfortable because very soon they'll be going home. Now, that's what the Trump people said yesterday. The Post is saying that's horrible. You watch the number of people coming across the border. The more this is publicized, what he's saying the number of illegals coming across our border will go down. Why? Because what the president says matters. When Joe Biden said, no, I'm not encouraging people. I'm not at all. Yes, he was. Is Donald Trump discouraging people? Yes, he is. Is that a good thing? Yes, it is. But when describing the operation on what Trump's plan is built, says the Washington Post, experts commonly land on the same word. What's that word, Stu? What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Experts. All the experts are saying the same word. Hmm. Gosh, there's so many that pop to mind. But uh, (laughs) 
I don't know what is inhumane. Inhumane. It's inhumane. Oh gosh. It's inhumane. Yeah, just inhumane. I'm wondering if they're talking to any experts that uh, agree with you know border policies that secure the border. I wonder when Trump harkens back to that. I think we've got to be really clear about what kind of a law enforcement campaign he is threatening to unleash. Says uh, Little Hernandez, who holds the. Uh, Thomas E. Lifka, Endowed Chair, History of UCLA. It's not just mass deportation. It's mass racial banishment. No, no. Um, if you're coming in from Russia, I want you out. If you're, I mean, if you're doing it illegally. If you're coming in from China, I want you out. Uh, you're coming in from Sweden, I want you out. England, I want you out. If you're coming from Iran, I really want you out. You're coming from uh, hostile countries. Bye-bye. If you're coming here just because you're a family trying to better themselves, go through the front door. And you know what? Bring your family instead of just sending your 20-year-old son. I I just think, you know, we got enough of angry 20-year-olds on our own. We don't need any more. If you'd like one, if you'd like to take an angry teenager... I will gladly invite you to house one of my children. You'd house them, see what happens with that one. If that's what you're really looking for, I can help you in that department. All right, more in just a second. First, let me tell you about uh, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Christians and Jews have got to stand together. I've worked with these people off and on throughout the years. I, I really like them. I like what they do. I like what they stand for. And it is... Two people of faith, different faiths, coming together and working together. So we know what happened on October 7th. Uh, I don't know if you saw what... I'm going to address this next hour, but the insanity of a U.S. Air Force uh, employee going in and setting himself on fire in front of the embassy to protest the actions of Israel against Hamas is sickening. Hamas has praised it, but so have several Americans, notable Americans. I'm going to get into this. This sickness is growing and deeper and deeper, and we are now starting to encourage our own terrorists. When you put, when you put policy over life, you're in trouble. Anyway... What's happening uh, right now with the IFCJ is they are really trying to help the people that have been displaced. They're trying to help the people just recover in Israel. The news cycle moves on, but the situation on the ground in Israel remains one of destruction and deep-seated pain. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, the IFCJ, is there in the middle of it every day, and they need your help. Would you go to supportifcj.org? I want you to do your own homework. Don't take my word for it. Do your own homework. See if they're doing the things that you want to help with and make a donation. Support IFCJ, the International Fellowship of Christian and Jews. Support IFCJ.org. Go there now. Support IFCJ.org. 10 seconds, station ID.
as things as we get closer to the election and things become more and more dicey and troublesome, uh, we need to give you some information and perspective that I don't think you're getting anywhere else. Tomorrow night on the Wednesday night special, I'm going to show you a frightening trend from the media and government. It kicked into overdrive yesterday. They've been playing with it for a while, and I've read a lot of commentary on it, and no one is telling you why this is happening, and the why is really important. We're just arguing about what is being said, and I'm talking about Christian nationalism. Words matter. Language matters, especially when it comes to the law. When the law, it when, if there is something that is a law and it says the president shall, that shall legally binds the president to do something. The president shall give a state of the union address yearly. Means it has to be done. Now that's the old timey thing. Now there was a there was a border bill that was passed in the house, uh, and I think in the Senate, and it was in two thousand seven. I'm just pulling this out of back of my pocket here, but I think it was 2007 and it was a border bill that, that passed. And it said the government shall erect a border fence. And I remember arguing with the, um, with the guy who was the sponsor of the bill. I said, that's not going to do anything. He said, no, 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 that's legally binding. And I said, they don't care about legally binding. They do care about it when they decide to care. But when they decide to care when it comes to things like defining terrorists and the Patriot Act, uh, you better wake up. Politico, all but called former Trump official Russ Voigt a Christian nationalist, and it is sent off a chain reaction all over mainstream and social media. There is something going on. If you can call Russ a Christian nationalist, You can probably call the Heritage Foundation a Christian nationalist uh, foundation. Why not start adding more to the blacklist? Why is this being done? What does Christian nationalism actually mean? Why you cannot dismiss it? And most importantly, why it's being done? what the results will be if we don't pay attention. That is tomorrow on the radio program and Wednesday night special, complete in-depth coverage. Wednesday night special, Blaze TV. Join us at blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glenn and save. Glenn Beck. All right, I want to talk to you about preborn stew. You got to tell me to shut up. I mean, the audience does it all the time. You might as well join because uh, my voice is going again. But anyway, preborn. Preborn is a um, a pro life group that I really love because I think their plan is right. Everybody always says, "Oh, you just you want to stop abortions, but you don't care about the babies." Yes, we do. As a, as a father of an adopted son. I love adoption and I will help any adoption at any time. There's things that have to be done to clear that path so people can adopt babies. But the other side, we, they say you don't care about the babies and you also don't really care about the moms. Well, yes, we do. We care about both, and that's what Preborn does. Not only for $28 does Preborn offer a free ultrasound, which 
doubles the chance that the mom chooses life when she hears the heartbeat and sees the baby. But the second thing is they provide aftercare for up to two years for mom. Hit pound 250 and contribute now. Pound 250, say the keyword baby, or preborn.com slash Beck. Do it now. Sponsored by Preborn. So the media now is doing their best to say that crime is not a problem because of illegal immigration. We know that that's not true. That doesn't mean that everybody who comes across illegally is a lawbreaker other than coming here illegally. Um, you know, they're not all rapists and murderers, but there's we, we seem to have our fair share now uh, from overseas. And I love the people who say you cannot violate the rights of people just because of this one murder. Yet they're the same people who say we should take away everyone's guns because if it will just save one life, it's worth it. Well, you know what? Not letting the legal immigrant in would have saved one life. In fact, would have saved a lot of lives here recently. To talk about it is Daniel uh, Horowitz. He did a podcast yesterday on this, he's compiling the stats of crime uh, from illegal aliens. Daniel, what did you find? Hey, well, it's great to be back with you, Glenn. And look, if last decade's criminality from foreign nationals was defined by MS-13, I think we should start to familiarize ourselves with Trend de Aragua, because that is the Venezuelan prison gang that was essentially sent up here by President Maduro in Venezuela. And, and why not? You can't blame him. Uh, he knew that our door was open, so he figured he'd get rid of his problems. Um, we focused a lot on the quantitative aspect of this border invasion, that quantitatively it's much greater than we've ever seen, probably about 10 million between the apprehensions and gotaways since Biden took office. But qualitatively, when I, when I speak to border agents, ICE agents, and then reporters down at the Darien Gap in Panama, they say they have never seen so many young male belligerents with tattoos that kind of look like they want a piece of you. And now if you go to the New York Post every day, you will find stories of those arrested and then uh, turned out loose within 24 hours in New York City. We find it in Chicago. So this uh, alleged murderer of Lakin Riley is not in a vacuum. Uh, this is something that we are going to deal with for years, uh, you know, in the next number of years, if we don't get rid of them very soon. So, Daniel, when you talk about the, the border issue, you, you mentioned the difference between the qualitative and quantitative uh, problem here. And it is significant. Um, obviously, the, the quantitative problem is has been well documented when you talk about the people coming across the border though uh you know we hear about potential terrorists we hear about drug dealers what is the biggest issue the border agents are facing sure i mean again we see we've seen all these pictures where we have young military age males just marching through the border that we've never seen before and it turns out that, I mean, at least from what I'm hearing, is that the Venezuelans are, have the highest concentration of criminal elements simply because it's not by accident. It's not natural selection uh, that, you know, you're going to have a lot of ruffians coming over a border because that's what a lot of them do. Some of them are just desperate, but a lot of them are criminal elements. This is a concerted effort on the part of Maduro 
to send his prison gangs up here. And you're finding this a lot in places like Miami, places like Chicago and New York. Even local media is reporting on it where they're having a number of gangbangers arrested. Uh, Chicago arrested just a handful, you know, five, ten Venezuelan nationals in uh, 2022. But then last year, in 2023, they arrested 700 of them. And again, this is not Holy just for cow. looking like you're an illegal alien. These are people usually, it's shoplifting, it's assault, it's uh, driving without a license, drunk driving. And, you know, I, I've chronicled this for about 15 years. Um, now, you can't use the numbers now because Biden doesn't enforce the law. But when Trump was president and they were trying to apprehend people, in, in just one given year, we would typically get, and this is a reoccurring every year, enough people arrested in that kind of sweep, that net of enforcement, to, to account for 2,000 hom homicide-related offenses, meaning both uh, convictions and arrests, 1,600 kidnappings, 3,800 robberies, 37,000 assaults, 10,000 sex crimes, and usually about uh, 80,000 or so DUIs. The numbers were pretty consistent every single additional year. Now, typically, especially back then before the you know, George Floyd crime rave, w w uh, we typically had maybe 14,000 uh, homicide arrests in a given year. So to have 2,000 accounted for among the jurisdiction of ICE, illegal aliens, some of them legal but you know, criminal elements that, that are deportable, that is an astounding share. That's one in seven. Um, and again, this is before the Biden wave. So you can imagine now that you're having all these belligerents from Venezuela. Just think about this. Uh, we've had 335,000 Venezuelans come in just in the first few months. Uh, I'm sorry, just in, in 2023. Plus, Biden granted temporary protected status to 470,000 others. Just 834 have been removed. Okay, so that is how ubiquitous that problem is. What is um, amazing to me is at the same time this is going on, by the way, that is exactly what um, uh, what was his name in Iraq? Saddam Hussein did right before we went in to cause chaos on the streets. He emptied the prisons. That's what Maduro did, except into the United States. And his reward for that was the United States allowing him to sell more oil, even to us. Uh, so there, this, is a, this is a chaos operation. But we're also all seeing um, stories almost every day, if you're paying attention to it, of the, your, your key word there was belligerent. They feel like they are above the law they know they're not going to be charged and so they'll beat police officers they'll they'll flip people off they are super citizens almost that's the way they act and, and what you're finding especially in these blue areas is an amalgamation of the invasion and then jailbreak what they call criminal justice reform in new york city so they turn out all criminals loose the next day but in this case you have you know the people let out of rikers island domestic criminal criminals being let loose and then now you have all these venezuelans coming in committing crimes often three or four crimes 
and they get released every time. I, I want to throw out another number that's very important. I've tracked for, for a number of years. There's something called ICE's undetained docket. So what that means by its very nature is these are the people that are on ICE's radar to at least investigate often target for removal, but they remain undetained. Right now, there's only about 37,000 people in ICE's custody. That's about the maximum of what they could handle. The undetained docket is 6.2 million. Okay, so I want people oh to Oh, my gosh. 6.2 million. Now, now, I don't have the recent numbers, but in, in, in the old days, and I don't think this has changed, about 80% were criminal aliens. So they had criminal charges and or convictions in addition to being here illegally. Think about that. There's only five, 6,000 ICE ERO officers, deportation officers around. Limited resources. Uh, we already know that under this administration, if you're caught drunk driving, you're not really a priority. That's not considered a high-level crime. So there are 6.2 million in their undetained docket. Just think about the needless murder victims, rape victims, and we're seeing this now every day. The media tries to cover it up. We saw um, you know, a, a, a rape of a minor allegedly committed by an illegal alien uh, south of Lynchburg, Virginia yesterday. Uh, there's, it was a case in Montana I was just looking at. This is, if, if the American people would actually know the extent of how many of these heinous crimes are committed by people that should never be here, and there would have been multiple opportunities to get them out, they'd be up in arms, and, and this would be our George Floyd moment. Imagine if you are a, a citizen and your governor is telling you, hey, we need homes for these people. Take them in your home. How stupid do you have to be? I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable. Picture the worst of the Bloods and the Crips in your own downtown. That's what we're importing from all over the world. Um, each country's problems, you know, you'll have some desperate, impoverished people that are kind of peaceful, too. Certainly not in our best interest to let them in. But this time we are just seeing a total invasion. Um, and, and what's important is legally, this definitely meets the definition of an invasion under the compact clause that should trigger state authority for removals. And, and I think this is where it's important. You know, when you, you look at that 6.2 million number, you look at what, what we're seeing now from um, that individual charged with mur murdering Lakin Riley, along with his brother, they were caught in a red state here illegally and having committed other crimes prior to this alleged murder. And yet, they remained. Some of them are because of sanctuary policies, but sometimes, even if you're not a sanctuary state, but now you have sanctuary nation. So here's the thing. Let's say a, state's, a state might want to deal with that individual, um, maybe lock them up, maybe try to remove them, but ICE now grabs them with a detainer, and now a detainer is a double-edged sword, because they'll place a detainer enough that the state cannot enforce the law against them, but it's not like the feds are going to actually remove them or even detain them. Um, they're going to be on their undetained docket out free to commit more crimes. This is where the red state governors need to get together and say, look, if we catch someone here illegally committing an assault, a, a drunk driving, they need to be out of here. Daniel, can you address one more thing before you, you go, which is the media's response to this talk every time is to say well actually 
immigrants commit crimes at a lower rate than U.S. citizens. They're not the problem here. Sure. <laughs> so they're right in a sense. Immigrants, okay, so um, legal immigrants on average commit fewer crimes, and the reason is because on average they come to the United States at an older age that's past the sort of criminal career age, you know, 16 to 30. Uh, they're usually older when they, when they come. They're more established. Uh, with that, I would say there are certain pockets of the world that we accept immigrants, even legally, that still commit too many crimes because the amount of crimes that should be committed are zero because they're vetted. You know, it's kind of like a, a draft pick. You, you get your choice. Mm. You could pick your immigrants. You can't pick your natives, uh, native-born, that is. Uh, but as it relates to the people coming from the border, again, you look you, – you know, if, if we just have a minute, I want to give you – uh, a statistic that, is, again, is astounding. In you have about 45 seconds before I have to break. In 2020, break. Trump's ICE director, Matt Albans, he said that in one year in uh, New York City, they issued 7,500 ICE detainers. And out of those individuals, they included 200 homicides. Okay. Oh, my God. I, I looked up that area of operation there were fewer than 300 people arrested for all homicides in that area of ICE's operation in one year. I'm not saying they necessarily commit two-thirds. You have to study that, but it is surely greater than their share of the population. Daniel Horowitz, uh, you can hear his uh, podcast on the Blaze, uh, Blaze TV. He did a whole podcast about this yesterday, and he's always, always uh, really buttoned up and... uh, and has a different view on a lot of things that I think you should hear. Daniel, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take care. Here's some irony for you. You know what kind of scams are on the rise these days? IRS scams. I mean, well, people claiming to be the IRS. I mean, there is the IRS, the official legal IRS scam that they run all the time. But now people you know, pretending to be the IRS uh, and they take your money and then you still have to pay the real IRS. Who's worse, the scammers or the IRS? Anyway, this is why you need LifeLock. Your personal information gets exposed so often it makes it really dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to come in and just steal your name, your identity, uh, steal your money. The loans can be taken out in your name, but if that happens... There's somebody standing guard, and I think they're the best in the business. It's LifeLock by Norton. If you become a victim of identity theft and you're a client of LifeLock by Norton, they not only catch all the things that you might miss, but if they do miss something because it's constantly changing, they have a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist that's going to work to fix it. Your first year with the promo code BECK, you'll save 25%. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. After you've tried all the big names, you realize what is missing. Personal touch. There's something about the making of something yourself, making it by hand, that gives a thing its own signature feel. And that's especially true when it comes to deciding what kind of drink you're going to have after a long day. And every day seems like a long day these days, doesn't it? 
Uh, small batch spirits are the only way to enjoy the finest types of alcohol the USA has to offer. And that's why you should discover premium American-made spirits from Coppercraft Distillery. I was looking through their website, and there's so many things on here I got to try. Uh, they've also jumped into this world of the uh, the canned cocktails, which I'm lazy. And I just love the fact that I can have one that's perfectly mixed. And I'm going scrolling down, and I'm looking for the nectar of the gods. Where is it? And there it is, the Moscow Mule. They've got them. I've got to get some of these from Coppercraft Distillery. This is delicious, delicious stuff. It's made in Michigan. Uh, it is, uh, you know, where we've been making quality goods for years and years and years here in America. And they're continuing that tradition. These are craftspeople who have given us a rich heritage, and they are now making some of the best whiskey you're ever going to taste right here from America and so many other choices as well. Uh, small batch whiskeys with rich, smooth flavor. Whatever you need, go to coppercraftdistillery.com. You can follow the distillery online, discover a new way to enjoy old uh, favorites. Uh, get your instant mi mixed drink to enjoy as well. Buy online, have them shipped to your door, coppercraftdistillery.com. Coppercraftdistillery.com. The promo code is Blaze. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Stu is strangely fascinated by this Wendy Williams story, which I really, I mean, I don't. I am. I, I'm not sure I know who she is. Yeah, and that's understandable. My wife used to watch her show mm. years and years ago, and she mm. was a radio personality. She came from the world of radio, and she got this mm. big show and kind of seemed like it was hard to understand. I didn't understand how she was getting super famous and, and got a big show, but right. she did. and. There's a lot of that going around. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you, you're a great example of it. Um, so, uh, Whoa, don't wait. <laughs> so she became really famous and got this big show on daytime TV, became a big thing, and then like suddenly started having kind of weird health problems and would like miss months and months of the show at a time. And yeah. uh, it was kind of like, it was just a strange story, like what was going on with her. And apparently, like, this went right down the road, and it didn't look great. She eventually was planning a comeback, planned a documentary to come film her comeback for this, for her show. And it went the opposite direction. Like, her whole life fell apart, and it got terrible. To the, to the extent that I guess she was drinking so much that uh, maybe it forced some sort of dementia to hit her. And now she like has she got put under a conservatorship or a guardianship type of situation. That yeah, guardian no, seems really to be bad. blocking her from her family in some way. And the cameras were there for all of it. So it's a crazy documentary. It just aired this weekend. I have not seen it yet, but the story is fascinating. It's what did a, it air on? I think it was a lifetime, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know, but I mean it That's still a network it's that's still a, on? It's still a network, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we're learning all sorts I, of new things. It's been a long time since I've touched the television to turn the TV on and let I will tell cable you, just spill into the house. I know. You're, I, it's it's a funny observation, but I could not find it. I tried to watch it. I have absolute, I could not locate where to watch the show. <laughs> the Glenn Beck Program.
Feedback Program. Are we hurtling towards World War III? <clears throat> and who wants it? <clears throat> Why does the administration seem to want World War III? And now the New York Times. I'll explain in 60 seconds. First, realestateagentsitrust.com. When it comes up to sell your home or buy a new home, you want somebody that is the best, somebody who can tell you when you're selling your home, you're going to have to make repairs. Some of them are you needed repairs, but also a few repairs here and there can boost the value of your home market. So you need somebody that has a home repair contractor in the Rolodex, in their phone, that doesn't cut corners. A lot of them cut corners. You don't want that. This is just one of the many things that a real estate agent can help you with that is really, really important and only a really competent agent, one that you could trust, can have the right person and the right people involved in the selling of your home. When you trust your agent, you'll trust the people he or she trusts, inspectors, appraisers, home repair contractors, even the photographer makes all the difference. My company is dedicated 100% to pairing you with a real estate agent that you can trust. So whether you're buying, selling, or just have a few questions, we've been helping this audience for over 10 years through billions of dollars in sales. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. I want you to uh, listen to this story from the New York Times and just help me out a bit, will you? Sure, of course. Nestled in a dense forest, the Ukrainian military base appears abandoned and destroyed. Its command center, a burned-out husk, a casualty of a Russian missile barrage early in the war. But that is only what's above ground. Not far away, a secret passageway descends to a subterranean bunker where teams of Ukrainian soldiers track Russian spy satellites and eavesdrops on communications and conversations between Russian commanders. On one screen, a red line followed the route of an explosive drone through as they thread it through the Russian air defenses from the point in central Ukraine to target in the Russian city of Rostov. Now, Stu, Mm -hmm. I don't think this is a secret when it's in the New York Times. But my first question here is, why would the New York Times be talking about something that's just a few yards away from a military base? It's probably not hard to you know narrow this down from a military base where there's hardened bunkers tracking everything and sending the drones that they're trying to stop. Why would the New York Times put that in there? It seems a good story. It seems like a bad move. If you uh, want yeah. Ukraine yeah. to be victorious in a war, you wouldn't necessarily want to tip your hand to the Russians. Um, you're right. Obviously, they mm-hmm. don't give specifics exactly. But again, this is probably something they could pretty easily narrow down. So, uh, yeah. So why would you do this? So now the next paragraph comes in. The Russian underground, bun- uh, sorry, the underground bunker built to replace the destroyed command center in the months after Russia's invasion is a secret. Ner- it's not secret if I'm reading about <laughs> it in the news. Is a secret nerve center of the Ukrainian military. But there's also one more secret 
that now that we're printing it is no longer a secret. The base is almost fully financed and partially equipped by the CIA. General Cerny Dorsky said 110%. Really? 110%? That's true? It took root a decade ago, coming together in fits and starts under three very different U.S. presidents, pushing forward by key individuals who often took daring risks. It had transformed Ukraine, whose intelligence agencies were long seen as thoroughly compromised by Russia, into one of Washington's most trusted and important intelligence partners against the Kremlin today. The CIA helped train a new generation of Ukrainian spies who operate inside of Russia, across Europe, and in Cuba, and other places where the Russians have a large presence. Well, that's helpful. Mm. Can we reveal the knock list, too? The relationship is so ingrained that the CIA officers remained at a remote location in western Ukraine when the Biden administration evacuated U.S. personnel in the weeks before Russia evaded. Um, During the invasion, the officers relayed critical intelligence, including where Russia was planning strikes and which weapon systems they would use. The Russian head of the Russian, or sorry, the head of the Ukrainian Domestic Intelligence Agency said, Without the CIA, we would have been, there would be no way for us to resist the Russians or to beat them. Oh. Now, Stu, why would the New York Times print this? Um, maybe they're desirous of World War III? I, that could be one. Huh. One potential explanation, like you're trying to spark a flame that will result in uh, all of us now, what being lit you, on fire in no. a fiery explosion across the entire globe. I, I, what I, would make you to jump to something like that? Well, it seems like if what you're, if the basic argument is actually we've been spying on Russia through Ukraine this entire time and these suspicions of Vladimir Putin that the West is using Ukraine for these types of purposes are well, mm. uh, well have a pretty v- viable foundation uh, of truth. That seems to be a terrible, terrible thing to be throwing into the New York Times. Now, I, look, I would assume the Russian military is aware of a lot of these things already. I mean, this is obviously their 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 job and their business. Uh, but I don't think drawing more attention to it is is a good idea. So let me ask you. Um, it's implied, and pretty much everybody knows, that Russia and China are hacking into our systems. That uh, Russia has hacked into our power grid, et cetera, et cetera. But what does Putin say about it in the Russian media? Nothing. Not true. Right. That's not true. We don't do that. Okay. What if it came out in Pravda and it quoted the head of the operation in Russia and it said, absolutely, we have been targeting their critical infrastructure for years now. We have them on the ropes. And you know who told us all of this? Canada. Canada has been working with us to make sure the Niagara Falls power plant is the first to fall. What would we do 
We are headed for World War III. Let me give you a couple of stories that show that this is wanted by too many people. This is from the Financial Times this weekend. Jan Stoltenberg said that there was no doubt that Ukraine would join NATO as Western leaders gathered in Kiev to pledge support and mark the second anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion. The NATO chief said on Saturday that Russia President Vladimir Putin started this war because he wanted to close NATO's door, but he has achieved the exact opposite. Ukraine is now closer to NATO than ever before. Huh. He said NATO was helping Kyiv to make its forces more and more in, uh, interoperable. Ukraine will join NATO. It is not a question of if, but of when, he insisted. Okay, so let me see. On the same weekend, we have NATO. What Putin said was the real problem. They were going to expand NATO to places like Ukraine. Yes, we're going to do that. We're going to do that now. And also, that's the same weekend that the New York Times reports their secret underground bunkers run by the CIA. Okay. Great. Now, if again, this was about Canada and, uh, and Russia said they're expanding their presence and they're going to put military in Canada on our border... And they admitted to, you know, uh, doing secret operations with Canada to be able to destroy us. What would we do? Uh, Mr. Orban came out, Viktor Orban of Hungary. He declared an end to the months-long spat with Sweden over the expansion of NATO, saying that a visit by his Swedish counterparts had rebuilt trust and paved the way for Hungarian parliament to vote on Monday, that's yesterday, to ratify the Nordic nation's membership in NATO. We're ready to fight for each other, to give our lives for one another, he said. Really? The sudden warming of relations between the two countries followed a decision by Sweden to provide Hungary with four Swedish-made Gripen fighter jets, in addition to the 14 its Air Force already uses, and a promise that Saab, the maker of the warplanes, will open an artificial intelligence research center in Hungary. Okay, so that's, um, that's good. That's good. Why are we headed toward war? Why? By the way, uh, Sweden or Hungary did approve that in Sweden. That uh, mm. what you mentioned, uh, one eighty-eight to uh, six. Yeah, I believe Hungary was the one saying, "Let's not piss off the bear." Why would we be talking about expanding NATO? I think, I believe I've heard Orban say those very things. Why would we do that? Four jets. Really? That's all it took was four jets? I don't think so. I don't think so. There is a game being played here that uh, I really don't like. And our country is becoming a little crazy. Let me give you this story. The Iranian-backed Hamas terrorist group praised a far-left extremist 
who lit himself on fire outside of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. on Sunday and used his death to promote Islamic terrorist propaganda. Aaron Bushnell, a low-level software engineer with the U.S. Air Force, screamed free Palestine as flames engulfed his body after he um, doused himself with a flammable liquid and then lit himself on fire. He later died from injuries. Bushnell repeated terrorist propaganda in the moments leading up to the incident, falsely claiming that um, what was happening inside Gaza was genocide and calling Israel colonizers. Now, that sounds like a far-left radical, doesn't it? Oh, I forgot. We're not looking for hard-left radicals in the military. Only those Christian nationalists and those who want to have insurrection in the United States. Now, here's why this is so bad. Let me, <clears throat> let me take you first to what Cornell West tweeted. Let us never forget the extraordinary courage and commitment of Brother Aaron Bushnell, who died for truth and justice. I pray for his precious loved ones. Let us rededicate ourselves to genuine solidarity with the Palestinians undergoing genocidal attacks in real time. I want you to mark this place in time right now. This truly is a mile marker. This makes Aaron into some kind of suicide bomber when, you know, they'll be rewarded in heaven. We are not a culture that rewards suicide or suicide uh, um, acts, suicidal acts, especially for politics. <clears throat> Instead of one of the 50,000 plus Americans who committed suicide in the last year, Instead of mourning another lost life, uh, uh, lost to mental illness, we're confusing suicide with martyrdom. Those who kill themselves for ideology should not be praised. But that's exactly what Hamas said. That's exactly what Cornell West said. Praising ideology over human life. That's not a Rubicon we cared across. But we're crossing it right now. More in just a second. Stand by. First, uh, I want to tell you about Relief Factor. William wrote in to talk about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I just can't believe I'm not hurting anymore. I used Relief Factor. I've been in pain for 40 years, but today I'm pain free. I tell all of my friends about it. Relief Factor is great. I just wanted to say thank you. <laughs> William, thank you. Thanks for listening and, and giving Relief Factor a chance. Relief Factor is a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain by, in, uh, by fighting inflammation. It is not something that you take when you're in pain. You take it every day, and it helps your body just ward it all off. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them go on to order it again and again. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start. It's $19.95. Three-week quick start. Try it. So... Give it a try today. All you have to do is go to 800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. When you feel the difference, you'll know it works. It's relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID.
I just want to dwell here for a minute on this suicide and the praise. When you saw somebody set themselves on fire in Washington, D.C., and he was a U.S. Air Forceman, what was the first thing that went through your minds, Stu? First thing. Uh, he's insane. That yep, that was the first, first thing that went through my mind. What insanity. What insanity. It's not going to change anything. And you have to be insane to light yourself on fire. Okay, what was the second thing that came to mind? Uh, the Arab Spring. <laughs> really? The Arab Spring? Yeah. That was the, the guy second. who was in the cart. Yeah, he yeah. set himself on fire. And, and how this setting mm-hmm. yourself on fire has some history to start... Uh, movements revolutions. And, and revolutions uh-huh. yes uh so uh a history to start revolutions and are those revolutions from the right or those revolutions from the left uh typically the left and the and the guy who said he had a he had a food cart um in tunisia and he set himself on fire which kicked off the arab spring did the media and all of the people that were somebody's praise him or say that he was a bad guy they praised him they praised him so now let's see seems like we have if we have a box of uh of things to do just a whole checklist seems like we've checked off the arab spring okay we are now praising this think of made up in uh canada Made is medical assistance in dying. This is ideology prized over life. They are now allowing people who are handicapped, have mental disorders, um, to be killed. I mean, have we forgotten what happened the last time that this was done? Think about the DAs releasing criminals back onto the streets. We know this is not working. We knew that we knew this was some of us knew this was bad when they said we're going to reimagine policing. But it again is ideology more important than life. The border keeping it open. That ideology is more important than human life. Keeping the border open because of fentanyl more important than human life. We are becoming a culture of death. And this suicide and the praise from notable people in America that this is heroic is a very big signpost we just passed. Ideology over life. Suicide is not heroic. And even in an ideological culture of death, it cannot smooth over the real human pain of losing someone. This is exactly what they do in the Middle East. They praise the suicide bombers. They praise the people who will commit suicide on behalf of their ideology. You'll notice that the media is covering for this. And no one is talking about investigating to see how this Air Force guy was in the Air Force and no one caught this. My guess is no one's looking for that kind of extremist. 
I, I just, I, last thing to say on this, Deuteron- Deuteronomy, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. We are in a culture of death that has been a wannabe suicide cult, and there are people endorsing this suicide today. If you and your descendants care to live, then you must choose life over ideology. Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you about Jace Medical. Drug shortages hit a new record high last year. Right now, there are still hundreds of vital medications that aren't available. They should be. It's America. That's including something as basic as and life-saving as amoxicillin. Medication shortages um, are going to happen. You can't introduce 10 million people into your country and give them access to the health care system when the health care was built for... Um, a country that was 10 million smaller in population. When you have the things of unrest all around the world and we get all of our medicine from someplace else in the world, it's going to happen. Take this problem head on and into your own hands with the Jace case by Jace Medical. It's a pack of different antibiotics that you can use to treat a host of bacterial illnesses uh, in an emergency. And you can have all of the medicine that you have to take for your family. A year's supply in your home. Get the Jace case and so much more at jacemedical.com. Promo code BECK. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll get 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. You'll have to excuse me as my voice. I have the worst vocal cords in the world. Um, they're very, they're very sensitive. So as I lose my voice again, uh, please put up with it for as long as you can. I appreciate it. Uh, although, I, you know, Jason uh, Buttrill is uh, with us, and he pointed out that it sounds very sexy, which I was uncomfortable with, Straight quite up. honestly. Yeah. But I, yeah, sounds. Oh yeah, <laughs> ding dong. Pizza delivery. That's right. Oh, yeah. Hi. I'm from the Georgia District Attorney's Office. To see me. Want to leave my phone at your house for a while. (laughs) Anyway, okay. So Jason is here to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening with um, this this march to war. Um, Does this bother you, Jason? Doesn't this seem like, A, antagonizing uh, Putin and Russia between the what they're doing with NATO and this week and what they're also uh, reporting in the New York Times. I, I, I mean, I can't think of any helpful reason to the U.S. for these things to be going on. Can you? I mean, to we've seen a lot of uh, concerning things or escalations happening over the <laughs> over the well, I guess over the past four years. But I mean, the yeah. last few days has been wild when you look at everything all together. 
um, when you have the uh, you know the head of NATO basically saying, um, yeah, they're they're going to be in Ukraine's going to be in NATO. It's it's not a question of if you know, but when. Uh, excuse me. It's crazy. Y- you just right there to everyone. You just said, yeah, everything that mm-hmm. you know we've been denying to Putin, you know, for the past, you know, and saying that you know this is why your premise for invasion for of Ukraine was wrong. Well, okay, so maybe you were right. You, you just justified it to him and to all the people that support Putin. You said, yeah, okay, he was right. Um, you have, and again, this is all happening within a matter of like 72 hours. Then you have the president of France saying, uh, yeah, so there's he'd a send in military high possibility that, yeah, NATO troops will be going into Ukraine. I, I, I'm sorry. And the people of Ukraine shouted out and said, oh, dear God, no, that will guarantee our loss. Don't send French. I, I, you look at that, and then you look. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Took you a while. That, 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 yeah, that's a, yeah. yeah, but that's a good point. Um, but you yeah. also have, you know, the spy chief over in uh, Ukraine saying, uh, "Yeah, well, um, you know, they, they, Putin probably didn't kill Navalny. You know, in the prison, it was, it was, it was a blood clot." That one know, I was, can't understand. Why? Why? How does that help? This is this. That was actually a thing that started crystallizing everything for me. Um, you have a new United States, you know, leadership potentially coming in, you know, within the next few months. Um, you have a Republican Party in the United States that's not too keen on continually funding this forever war. Uh, there's a little bit of doubt as far as how far this is going to go. And for me, this is the rest of the world saying, when you know, whether it's NATO, whether it's Macron, whether it's now the Ukrainian spy chief. Look, this is just the way it is. This is war. Um, we're not calling it World War Three at the moment, but the battle lines have been drawn. We don't need propaganda at this point. I mean, th- this, is, this is just happening. This is the new reality that we face right now. We are at war with Russia. More people are probably going to be at war with Russia. And these are this is this side against this side. Live with it. There is no defunding this at this point. This is the reality. So deal with it. Imagine that, that is a frightening future to contemplate how this plays out if that is just the new normal now. Where does it stop? So let me ask you that when you when you look at this, um, to me, it all seems antagonistic. You know, it, see, it seems like we can't necessarily get the funding uh, from the United States. United States, the people of the United States are not willing to do it. So let's just keep poking Putin until he responds and says, screw you people. Is, is that too infantile of a, of reasoning? No, I don't think so. They see, when I say they, I mean like the foreign policy elite. And let me preface this by saying, I blame a lot of the old guard that were so successful during the Cold War for where we are now. Because we are still following that same playbook. Uh, you know, think about like... Yep. Think about like talking heads like or, or intellectuals like Zbigniew Brzezinski, which I'll never be able to pronounce that name, but I think that's close. Um, <laughs> he wrote a book right after the end of the Cold War, and I cannot remember the name of it at the moment. But he basically said, it's great. You know, the Soviet Union fell. Now NATO, and I, you expect him to say would needs to redirect or, you know, like focus on, you know, the world needs to focus on other things. No, he says the NATO now needs to push ahead, needs to push forward. And he labels all these different countries that NATO now needs to add under its wing. And I remember reading this in college and I'm like, wait, well, why? Uh, you, you won the war and the stated purpose of NATO mm-hmm. now does not exist. 
And the Russians said from the get-go, like, these are the things that will destroy this relationship. You continue to expand eastward. You do this, you do that. We did all of those things. We are still doing all of those things. And we promised not to do many of them, right? I mean, we directly promised oh, to the, the Russians that we would not do some of these things. Again, I am not justifying what Russia has done here, but, like, there is a... a, 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 a a connection, right? A chain of events that has caused this, uh, and has been has, has at least inflamed this to the point where this sort of action was in their minds. You know, it's so ridiculous to me. Is that you have to justify what you just said with "I'm not well, condoning" I, because that is obvious. Yeah. It is obvious you're not. But to say that a few months ago was like, "Oh my gosh, right. Stu loves Putin. Right, right, right. Wants to move to Russia." <laughs> right, right, right. Acknowledging that other nations have. You know, interests. Interests, right. And you you should not cross these lines because that's against their interests. That's a common thing. That's so, diplomacy. Th- but there's also a promise that we made. We took the nuclear missiles. We got rid of them in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and we did that by because Ukraine said, we are on the border with these crazy people. We need our protection. And we said, without any real written agreement, don't worry. You give those things up. And we'll have your back if it ever happens. So you're caught between these two things. If you want to be people of honor, um, I think we should be people of honor. But that includes common sense. Um, You know, we shouldn't have been fooling around with NATO in the first place with Ukraine. That's what caused this. I believe that. Yeah, uh, and we're still we're still fooling around. I mean, it, it goes beyond Ukraine. I mean, we're I mean, again within that last that seventy two hour period, which was just nuts. Sweden uh, jumps on board, finally clears the hurdle with Hungary, which that also did not make sense. That was another thing that kind of made a lot of this stuff kind of like was really eye opening this week. Um, Hungary finally said, okay, fine. You know, Sweden. You know, Turkey is finally saying, fine. Uh, let's go ahead and have Sweden join this alliance. The, the, there is clearly a mindset now in Eastern Europe that we have gone beyond this point of no return. That the things that we were fighting for before, that we said, okay, these are gonna, these are gonna, like, you know, make Russia back down. This is going to be something that's kind of a diplomat. They, right. They've just thrown that out. Like they, they don't care at this point. There is now like there, there are enemies. Uh, there are you know this Russia, China, Iran, blo- Iranian bloc, whoever else they can you know pull under their wing. And then there's the West under this NATO, you know, alliance. Uh, they're moving forward with that. They, you know, are not even making the attempt to look like we're going to scale back, de-escalate. Not even making the attempt. I, I really don't think at, at this point, if we get a new administration in, um, you know, you know, next year, will anything change? I, I, okay. I don't see I need it. about a, and. I need about a one-minute answer from uh, on you from both of these because we're running out of time. I read a story today that uh, Israel has taken off the gloves against the uh, Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard, and they're pummeling and uh, pummeling them in Syria. And um, Israel is saying, "We're we're taking this. We are not concerned about a widening war." We are concerned with eliminating our enemy before they eliminate us. At the same time, Biden says he hopes for a Gaza ceasefire by next week. He says it's close, but we're not done yet. Which one is true? (laughs) 
Um, well, I, I think that the Biden administration knows what uh, what Israel has to do here. Um, they're going to do everything in their power to, uh, you know, to make it appear to that radical wing here in the United States that um, they're for de-escalation. No one sees de-escalation uh, in, in the Gaza okay. Strip, Israel and Iran. No one sees that. All right. So let me take you one last place that I love your your thoughts on. We have this this guy who is insane. Um, he is with the Air Force. He goes out in front of the Israeli embassy over the weekend. He sets himself on fire and becomes a what? A, a Islamic martyr, maybe? Yeah. Um, Cornell West comes out and says, let us never forget the extraordinary courage and commitment of brother Aaron Bushnell, who died for truth and justice. I pray for his precious loved ones. Let us rededicate ourselves to genuine solidarity with Palestinians undergoing genocidal attacks in real time. So we have people of note. Cornell West is not a nobody. People of note actually praising a suicide a uh, guy for ideology over over life, and he was in the Air Force. How, how did this guy go undetected? I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all in this day and age in this military. This is the military that stood the entire force down to find all those crazy white extre- you know, extremists. I mean, the focus clearly is not on defense of the country. It's not on, I mean, it's, it, it's, it is ideological, ideological. That, that, that is, I mean, where have you seen ideological ideology being, you know, pushed into militaries? You see it in crazy regimes, usually. You see it in dictatorships. They use the military as this ideological force. And that is the scary thing about the current, you know, the state of the current, you know, uh, armed forces of the United States. They are being used as an ideological tool. People like Cornell West, that doesn't surprise me at all that he would say something like that. Because to them, ideology always trumps humanity. Always. And using people as tools, no issue whatsoever with that. None. Would this guy have been spotted most likely before? Because you don't go from, hey, Bill, see you Monday, to setting yourself on fire. Oh, absolutely. You just don't. People had to know that he was at least ideologically really bent this direction. Would that have happened when you were in the service? Oh, that person would have been found immediately. Do you remember that one story of that one that was a uh, officer g- uh, graduate where he had like a, a picture of Che like underneath his hat and he showed that he yeah. was outed by his people immediately, immediately. Now, if you're willing to set yourself on fire for a terrorist ideology, you know, people saw that. But if I'm the commander now, how do you even stand up to that? What do you even say? You know, it's going straight to Lloyd Austin's office. What's he going to say? He's the one that stood your military down. I'm not saying anything. Jeez. Jason, as always, you didn't improve my mood much, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate sharing all of the information. You Thank bet. you. It's going to be interesting to see how all this works out, won't it, Stu? Um, back in a second, let me tell you about Mantis X. If you're a gun owner, you know as well as I do that there is nothing quite as satisfying as hitting what you're aiming at. You also know that in order to do that on a regular basis, you have to practice a lot, and that is very expensive. How do you do that without spending a fortune on ammunition? Well, what you need is a way to get good practice in, 
even if you're using live ammo or not using any ammo. This is a high-tech, easy-to-use system used now widely by the military. I think the Marines started using it first. It helps you improve your shooting really quickly. You just attach this to your firearm, connect it with an app on your smartphone or your tablet with Bluetooth. Then whether you're firing actual rounds or dry firing practice, it'll give you instant feedback on exactly what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, and 94% of the shooting improve within 20 minutes after using mantis x be responsible as a gun owner and increase your competence and confidence today with mantis x get yours at mantisx.com that's mantisx.com get even more glenn subscribe to the glenn beck podcast anywhere podcasts are found this is the glenn beck program Uh, welcome to the program. This is Ivos of the Morning. Uh, 12 minutes after the hour. Uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin is going to be coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Glenn is uh, dying, apparently. Um, he's He looks actually worse than Don Imus, who's been dead for several years. Um, and that has nothing to do with his actual ailment currently, which is his voice is shot. So he is uh, stepping away from the microphone here. And he's... Uh, he... he I guess we'll be back tomorrow. He's been struggling with us for a few days now. Uh, he's I, I've been hooked up to tubes, and I don't know what else he's been doing around the studios. <laughs> he's <laughs> I don't know what he, he really is a mess uh, with his health, but he hopefully will be back tomorrow. Um, one of the things we haven't even really touched on is is the Michigan primary, which is today. And I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on it. You know, a while ago, Donald Trump said we would get tired of winning. We get bored of all the winning. I don't know if that's exactly happened, but I will say he has made the primary boring. He has ruined the primary season for all of us. And you might say, well, I don't care. I wanted him to win or I'm very angry. I wanted him to lose. Whatever you think there. The drama's all gone. He sucked it all out. And it's just it's not even interesting anymore to talk about. The Michigan situation is going on, and it's a very bizarre situation in that Michigan changed its laws, and the Republicans have their own rules, and because of this conflict, you now have two separate batches of delegates going out, some of which matter for today, some of which will come through a convention. There seems to be two warring factions among the Republicans for the convention uh, as to who's going to apply those later delegates. But all of this really, uh, you know, awful sort of inside baseball politics and the drama associated with that, it really is meaningless because obviously Trump is going to win and is winning by a large margin. We do have Super Tuesday, of course, coming up as well. But, you know, look, there's not really much to watch for in these elections. Nikki Haley going to probably stick in through Super Tuesday. At this point, she's come this far. Why not stick in for another week? I think there's 20 different states over the next week or so that will give you delegates and she can at least try. But really, the drama's gone. It's basically as up in the air as the Biden re-election is up in the air. The Glenn Beck Program.
and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, the media has gone insane, even more than normal. They're going farther and farther, whether it goes to the Israel-Hamas situation, whether it goes to uh, porn in kids' schools, uh, whether it goes to whether we should have more children. Do we really need more children? Uh, we get to Joy Reid and Taylor Lorenz and so much more here coming up in just about 60 seconds. But the day may come when you have to defend yourself or your family with lethal force. That just happens sometimes. It's your right as an American to do so, of course. And it's your God-given responsibility to your family to do so. Uh, but, you know, of course, we're very pro-Second Amendment here at The Blaze. We believe in the Constitution. Even the amendments that uh, don't seem like uh, are they're in favor anymore with the country. But protecting yourself is important. It's not always necessary to have lethal force on your side. Uh, first, one thing, you can sometimes go to jail. Beyond that, you may have injured or killed someone, and that's not always easy to live with, even if it was justified. For those situations where you don't need lethal force, there's the Berna launcher. These things are so cool. Government agencies and police departments all over the country rely on Berna every day as their go-to, less lethal option. It works for them. It will work for you, too. These things look like, uh, you know, your normal firearm. However, they're different, and they fire these uh, non-lethal rounds, and it's just, first of all, they're really cool, and they're fun uh, to use for target practice and such. You get to reuse the ammo, which is, is really cool if you know how much ammo costs. Um, but it, the whole point here is that Berna is, is a, a great option for you, especially if you have someone in your family who wants to protect themselves but is maybe a little bit hesitant to use a gun. Uh, Berna is perfect for them. It's proudly American, man manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Visit Berna.com slash Glenn. B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. You can get a 10% discount right now. It's Berna.com slash Glenn. All right, it is Stu Bergier in for Glenn, who uh, had to leave with his uh, voice kind of just fading away slowly as the show went on. Hopefully he'll be okay tomorrow. Jason Buttrell asked him to stick around here as we're going into something that I know you've spent a lot of time thinking about, Jason, uh, the situation in Israel. Mm. And the way the media is handling it to me is fascinating. I, I want to give you this tweet from Cornell West. We discussed it briefly last hour, but this was his reaction to... Aaron Bushnell, this uh, military member who decided to light himself on fire to protest. <laughs> this is never a good idea. People need to learn that lighting yourself on fire is just a terrible way of, of going about whatever your problem is. But he said this, let us never forget the extraordinary courage and commitment of brother Aaron Bushnell who died for truth and justice, exclamation point. I pray for his precious loved ones exclamation point let us uh rededicate ourselves to genuine solidarity with palestinians undergoing genocidal attacks in real time exclamation point hashtag Aaron bushnell hashtag free palestine and you look at this and you, you, there's a hundred ways you can react to this cornell west is nuts he's been nuts for a long time by the way he's going to be on your presidential ballot most likely uh, as an independent in your state but you start with like I don't know the 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 jumping to this you know commitment and courage of doing something like this. Now I will say he was committed to the bit. There's no doubt about it. If you're lighting yourself on fire, you're committed. I, I'll give you that. But this is not something to praise. Only in a society that has 
just de-emphasize the sanctity of life to the extent that we have here in this country? Would, would lighting yourself on fire be something that you just sit back and say, oh, wow, what a wonderful thing to do? We can get into the substance of the argument behind that, but Jason, like when you look at this, you see, I think, a bunch of crazy people telling us to do a, a bunch of crazy things, and that's not a, that's not a good foundation for a society. No, not not if you want it to continue. Uh, yeah, if no serious country in the world acts this way, I mean, I'm sure there is crazy people like Cornell West and other other countries across the world. Sure, there. I don't think they're treated as seriously as they are in this country. And I'm sure, like, has the, has anybody in the media, uh, you know, condemned Cornell West for talking about this? Oh, I don't think so. If anything, you've seen uh, a appreciation. I mean, I think the only thing that Cornel West is doing wrong right now in the eyes of the media is getting on these ballots and potentially siphoning a few votes from Joe Biden. Other than that, I think they approve of his actions, you know, 100 percent. It's just amazing. You were talking about the media before, and I was just reading there was a new Gallup poll. And I think like distrust in the media was now it was well over 50 percent. So, I mean, you're talking about over, you know, what, over over 100,000 people, 150,000 people or whatever. Um, do not think the media represents their interests. In fact, they think they're actually hostile to them. I have a hilarious story, actually, with them. I, I went to cover the opening of the American embassy in Israel. I remember that. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. We, we were not on media row. So they had like, we were right there at the border of Gaza. And there was this media row where there was like CNN, you know, and the, you know, and all these other, BBC, all, all these major players. And then it was us, you know, from the blaze trying to get included. Right. And <laughs> finally I was just like, I, I never name drop, but I was like, I, I went to the, uh, this, uh, soldier that was kind of like the assistant to the main media guy. And, uh, I was like, Hey, I'm, I, you know, I'm the writer and researcher for Glenn Beck. And she looked at me and she's like, uh, uh, hang on just one second. So she marches right over to media row and this guy is, uh, is, is giving these interviews and you could tell it's hostile. You yeah. know, he's just like, you know, he's like, he's looking flustered. He's pissed. She stops him in the middle of an interview with one of these big outlets, whispers into his ear and he goes, and you can't tell him somebody mouths Glenn Beck. <laughs> and she like, and Jen, she, she points over and he's like, Hey, come on over. And so we like walk over. This is the one place in the world where this tactic works, works. by the way. Nowhere like, else. No, nowhere else. If you use it's it like, to try to get a table at a restaurant, I can assure you, you no longer, you either will not get the table or you will have spit in your food. But, any, anywhere in New York, yes. you know, that's not working for you. <laughs> no, right. Exactly. So, yeah. so anyway, so we walk and he puts us right in front of media row. So we're right in front of them. <laughs> oh, they must have loved this. And he's, oh, yeah, like, what is going on here? And like, and our first question was, um, I was like, Lieutenant Colonel, um, can you please just tell us the context for why Israel is having to fire back and protect this border? And he, it was like a wave of like relief over his face. And he was like, finally. Yeah. And then he just proceeds to go on and talks about all these grenades that are lobbed over. It was a surprise attack at, at that point. All these things that happen. And it's nothing of what you hear in the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. They never talk about why Israel has to respond. They just talk about the response. And then they weave it into the, whatever narrative that they want to do. Probably was given to them by Colonel West and, and other similar people. Yeah. But... Just amazing. You never get the actual truth from the mainstream media anymore. I don't know when that shift happened, but it's insane. Yeah, I don't know exactly when it happened. I mean, it seems like there was definitely a a, a tipping point in 2015, 2016 when Donald Trump's running for president, right? Like, I mm. think that there's a, a situation where they decided, they decided at some point, and maybe it was even after his first election, honestly, where they decided 
it was no longer okay to try to cover the news and be liberal, but uh, try to give the appearance that you were doing some sort of normal journalism, right? This idea, like the Hillary Clinton emails is a great example of this. Like they did cover that a little bit. As a conservative, I wasn't happy with the way they covered it, right? Like I wasn't like, oh, wow, they're doing a great job unearthing all of this stuff on Hillary Clinton. To me, it felt like they were ignoring a lot of the stuff that we did now. Um, However, the way they dealt with that was, hey, this Hillary Clinton email thing is going on. Here's why you shouldn't care about it. Mm -hmm. That was the way they covered that. That is not how they covered the the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yeah, they made a decision in that period to switch from, "Hey, this is what's going on," and let me try to talk you out of caring about it, mm-hmm. into, "That's not even going on." Yeah, you don't even know. We're not even going to tell you about it. We're just going to ignore it and ad- act as if it was not even a thing. They did that successfully, I think, in in 2020 with the Hunter Biden situation, and they've. They're just doubling and tripling down on this. And I think their internal excuse is that Trump is so uniquely terrible that we have to do this. Yeah. I don't know if they actually believe that. I'm sure the next president is going to get the same treatment if it's the next Republican nominee is going to get the the, uh, the same treatment as Trump. But I am concerned, and I think that the... It's funny because co- uh, the Cornell Wests of the world have always been around, right? They have been around for a very long time. You know, intellectual radicals that have really way out their opinions... And they've been on the fringes of our society for decades. You saw this with CRT, where like these people who formed CRT, this isn't a new thing. This has been around for a long time, but it was not permeating the the mainstream culture. And I think with the media, basically what we're having now is the entire up-and-coming, up-and-coming generation of journalists seem to be Cornell West. Like mm-hmm. the entire media is turning into Cornell West. And that is not where we used to be. We used to be in a situation where, yes, they were left-leaning, but they were totally different and understood that 50% of the country disagreed with them. That's not where we are anymore. Yeah, and before I get to your point there, it was interesting, right, when Trump uh, was elected president, I think it was the Washington Post, hilariously like issued this statement about how they were rededicating, you know, their no. efforts to the truth. Remember oh, that? Yeah. Like, this democracy uh, dies in darkness, That was right? it. Yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. 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 They're like, oh, now there's a conservative in here and Obama's out. We're rededicating. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, now you're going to be critical. <laughs> I, I think that I think the Obama administration, and I'm sure, you know, people could go way back beyond, you know, as far as when, you know, the media really started kind of engaging left-wing you know politics, mm-hmm. but there were some insane things going on during the Obama administration. Um, remember, they uh, Obama was the one that established that global engagement center. Yeah, um, was it Richard Stengel or whatever his name was? Was was the head? Um, who in 2019, you're laughing at that. that no, this. it's funny because I, these, there were so many of these guys and names in that Obama era. And yeah. listening to Glenn covered all of them. And like, I've done my best to forget about them. But mm. like, all you're right. All these efforts existed. We got to go back and look. Because yeah. th- th- some just insane things were happening back then. But that, rich, that, that Richard guy, he in 2019 wrote an article. I think it was in the Post. I can't remember. Um, where he's basically saying, yeah, we need hate speech laws. You know, there's some law, there's some speech that's too dangerous. So he was advocating for restrictions on the First Amendment. That's who Obama appointed as the head of this global engagement center. But the entire point of that was to Mm. basically reach out under the guise of like ISIS or terrorism and look for speech that, you know, we can map and find out who the dangerous people are. Uh, you'd have people like Ben Rhodes under the Obama administration, whose sole job was just to lie to the American people so that they could do whatever they wanted to do to push policy. And was so confident in that effort that he told Arrogant. He, he actually said, 
we were manipulating <laughs> journalists with our Iran deal coverage. We went to them and we knew they didn't know anything. They were too young. All these, you know, these media institutions didn't have anybody smart on the job. We would lie to them, tell them what we wanted them to say, and they would say it. And then and they were fine with it. And then told that to the media. So yeah. it was printed. And then, I mean, that's just amazing to me. They, yeah. they did not care because, to your point, like the, the radicals now are there. I mean, the media now, I think, is looking to the radicals. And a lot of that began under the Obama administration. Whoever the expert was at the time, mm-hmm. just 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 listen to them. Trust us. That that's the truth. And you go ahead and print that. Now, I'm, I'm glad you you brought that up because that was exactly what was on display with Taylor Lorenz the other day. We should get into this mm. in a second. Yeah. Here, let's take a quick break for American financing. Uh, let me ask you something. How worried are you about your upcoming credit card bills? Has it got you up at night? There's no better time than now to wipe them out and set yourself and your family up for a strong financial future. Interest rates have fallen, and right now American Financing can help you access the equity in your home at an interest rate in the fives. I mean, look, that's not bad. It's, it's come down a little bit. All it takes is a 10-minute call to 800-906-2440. They never charge any upfront or hidden fees, and that's just one of the many reasons why they have over 7,200 Google reviews and a 4.7-star rating. Uh, I've been a, ma- a fan of American Financing for a long time. I've worked with them several times, and I've heard amazing testimonials from so many people over the years. They've helped thousands of people you know, save real money, and that's important, and especially in this economy. So the question you need to ask yourself is, could you be the next person they help on the journey toward a more stable financial future? There's only one way to find out. Don't wait around for things to get better on their own. Call American Financing now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 1823334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. APR for the rates in the five starts at 6.275% for well-qualified buyers. Call 800-906-2440 for details about credit costs and terms. 10 seconds, station ID. There's so much, by the way, it's Stu in for Glenn. Uh, Jason Buttrell joins me as well. We're talking about uh, the media and how it's going insane. And there's so much to talk about when it comes to this clip with Taylor Lorenz, the journalist who is at the New York Times. Is she at the Washington Post now, I think? I can't remember. She's been to several different places, and every time she leaves one, she says the last one was too conservative. So as you guys know, the New York Times is too conservative. Um, but she was interviewing, and she's had back and forth with this person, the, uh, the, the, the woman who runs the libs of TikTok account on, obviously, on, tic, uh, or on Twitter mainly is where I see it. I don't know if she's on other platforms as well. But they got into this discussion and, and did an interview at a, an outdoor eatery where to set the scene for you uh she is wearing a shirt with the picture of taylor lorenz crying from one of her previous <laughs> interviews amazing. on the t-shirt during the interview and on the other side is taylor lorenz i mean it's like it's so like lives of tiktok known for kind of like you know stirring it up on, on the internet you'd expect her to wear a shirt of taylor lorenz crying and on the other side That's is great. taylor lorenz as an ab- absolute caricature of herself in an N95 mask outdoors <laughs> trying to do this interview. It is as comical as anything you've ever seen in your life. But uh, it, it, just to give you the visuals here, but the audio is just as pleasing. Listen. But there is a context that it would be okay to give kids pictures like that of gay sex, anal sex in, in I guess elementary sex, I guess sex pictures in school, I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, you know who I would defer to on that? Just... 
because neither of us are sex educators, I would defer that question to a qualified professional, a sex educator, and say, hey, you're an expert. You've treated tons, you know, you've educated tons of people. You're a full-time sex educator. You've really studied this. What are the appropriate boundaries? I don't think that myself as a journalist or a media personality, I don't think I'm the right one to make that decision. And I guess I'm wondering why so you there, So there, the, I have seen sex educators say that they, they want these, these books in, in schools. So then you're okay with it? I think I would want to talk to the sex educator and rely on whatever the sex educators say. Okay. I'm wondering why you feel like you're qualified to be a sex educator when you have no background in that. Uh, I don't want to be a sex educator. I just don't want to give kids porn in school. <laughs> <laughs> that is an all-time classic. What's fascinating about this, I mean, there's a hundred things that are fascinating about this. Yeah. Uh, and I love her approach there of saying, like, you know, she doesn't try to fight the sex educator thing. No, yeah, you know what? Some sex educators do think this stuff should be in school. So are you okay with it? And again, her defensive reaction is exactly what you just spoke about, Jason, which is this automatic uh, surrender mm-hmm. of your life and your, your agency and your decision-making process to outside experts. Like she says at one point, well, I would want to talk to these experts and see what they said. Why would you need to talk to them? You you have no questions for them. You have no no intellectual curiosity to find out if what they're saying is true or not. And it's it's almost a defeatist way of living life. You have just given up. What is the purpose of you? What is your purpose in life if all you're doing is looking around and trying to find what the expert says and then just doing that thing? This is why no one trusts the media. Like, oh, anyone could be a journalist in this day and age. Yeah. She, has, she doesn't need to think for herself. None of them need to think for themselves. They are so used to being handed the propaganda that they're supposed to say yeah. that she couldn't even defend herself on this. This is so basic. By the way, that looked like an SNL skit. It did not it look really like a real. Did. No, it you're right. We, I, part of the reason why it's hilarious is because she's wearing this N95 mask. <laughs> yes. And so think about what the, what's the thought process there. First of all, she's gone to the experts who have told her, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, first of all, that's not what experts say. They don't even say that. We could beat up on experts all day, but experts do not tell you to wear an N95 mask outdoors. I mean, I, the New York Times itself said there has never been a case of the coronavirus that has been documented outdoors without masks outside of a close conversation there's never been a case documented of it so this is not even a close conversation they're you know, four feet away from each other at a table but beyond that what is she trying to do here she's trying to lower the risk of her getting covid right and that's essentially what she's doing wearing this mask while at the same time she is sitting four feet away from passing traffic she's outdoors her back is to a road four feet away a car passes by She's worried about getting COVID as a 27-year-old or something, which gives her almost no risk. And she's sitting there as a car is a giant 5,000-pound vehicle passes four feet behind her. She is much more likely to die by someone there veering into the cafe than she is from COVID-19. Is she really scared of COVID-19 or is it just the the flag? Yeah. You know, uh, it's know. Got, there was there was another uh, there was a picture of I think it was another Palestine protest or whatever. And they were holding up all these banners and stuff. And there was like 10 kids sitting in the front. All of them had masks on. I'm like, are they real? And they're all probably like 18, 19, 20, whatever. Are, are they real? I, I don't think that. They surely, they can't be still scared of the coronavirus. Surely. It's, it's just that flag. When did yeah, flags yeah. become so lame? Right. When there's something cooler. <laughs> like, if you're like a crazy, like, idiot, you know, you know, progressive nut, 
isn't there something cooler that you could like establish as your flag and not right. a mask? Right. Come on. Right, right. You'd think so. Uh, yeah. You know, Even the Guy it, Fawkes mask was cooler than this. Right. <laughs> Just put that back on. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I will say, like, that is what it becomes. It becomes almost like a gang tattoo. Yeah. Right? Like, you're just like, I'm, it's okay. I'm a good person, everybody. I'm wearing my N95 mask outdoors, which, by the way, is not even what experts say. She says she's giving all of her decision making over to experts, but that's not what they tell you. There's no experts telling you to wear an N95 mask outside. Neck tattoos. That's our flag. Like neck a, tattoos. Yeah, like parts of the Constitution right. on our neck. There you go. That. Yeah. that was like, tough. There you go. That's much more <laughs> that's badass much than better. a mask. <laughs> Well, there is an enormous economic upheaval that is headed our way right now, and it's nothing like we've ever seen before. The Biden economy has been the worst we've seen in, I mean, a while, and it's hitting us in different ways. And honestly, he's still president, unfortunately, at least for the moment. Uh, With conditions this volatile, uh, precious metals can make the difference between protecting your hard-earned money or losing it. Lear Capital is here to help you build a shelter to withstand the storm. And when you reach out to them, there's no obligation. You just get free information on protecting your hard-earned money with gold and silver. Information that can make all the difference for you and your family. Uh, Glenn brought, bought his first gold with Lear Capital over two decades ago. And since then, his investment has obviously uh, gone up. I think it's quadrupled since then. Uh, but, you know, do your own homework and make sure this is right for you and check them out today over at Lear Capital. With over $3 billion in trusted transactions, thousands of five-star reviews, and a 24-hour risk-free purchase guarantee, Lear is the precious metals leader that you can trust. You can get your free wealth protection guides, and Lear will also credit your account $250 toward your purchase. Just give them a call today, Lear Capital, 800-889-3070, 800-889-3070. It's 800-889-3070 for Lear Capital. We have more coming up on the media and the mess it has become here on the Glenn Beck Program, back in just a couple of minutes. It's Stu in for Glenn. He's going to be back tomorrow. Uh, Health, uh, of course, assumed for tomorrow. Uh, Of course, you can check out my show, Stu Does America. It's available every day uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash Stu Does America. By the way, we have a, we talked about Israel and Hamas a little bit earlier in the program. We have a great comedy bit up there talking about the mainstream media's treatment of that particular conflict. And we kind of did it with a, a couple of sportscasters announcing Israel versus Hamas, like it's a sporting event, except, of course, they're on Hamas's side uh, overtly. And it, I, but we're basically just using actual things the media has said or referred to. Uh, it is available at youtube.com slash America. youtube.com slash America. You can subscribe and get the shows every day, as well as on podcasts and everything else. Jason Buttrell joins me. Uh, he, of course, is uh, Glenn's head writer for uh, the TV program and, and does a lot of uh, his research as well. Also has a documentary coming up. When does this thing come out? Do we know? I think it's the end of this month. Okay. All right. Wait, it is the end of the month. It's in the, it's, it's still a couple, two, three weeks out, something like that, but it's soon. Okay. Pretty soon. And it's about the, the caravan right to the border uh, here in the past few weeks. You, you actually like embedded yourself 
yeah. with, with these guys. Yeah, we rode down with the uh, with the take our quarterback convoy. We we jumped. They started, I think, in Virginia, but we jumped on with them in Louisiana mm-hmm. and just saw the convoy grow, grow, grow. Got to got to know them. You know, actually asked them what they were doing, what they were all about. Things you know that the media never does. No. Um, went to a few of their rallies, but we also went down to Eagle Pass and uh, checked out you know Shelby Park and the whole standoff yeah. mm-hmm. you know between. Uh, let's just say we found out a lot of interesting things, especially mm-hmm. on the border. Um, we found a lot of infuriating things and things that will absolutely surprise you, probably shock you. And I was not expecting to get that, but we found that information out in kind of a funny way. So yeah, you're in for a treat on this for sure. Uh, this is all part of the series blaze TV or blaze, blaze originals. originals. And this is going to be, yeah, I don't know, monthly. It's going to be a few of these, uh, every year, Do- big documentary projects that are, you know, independent investigations that you're not going to see anywhere else. Uh, they're part of your blaze TV subscription, blaze TV.com slash Glenn. The code is Glenn. You can get 20 bucks off your subscription right now. And as, now would, would you say how similar would you say your coverage was of the border uh, as to if, let's say, Taylor Lorenz covered the same story. Would you guys have the same viewpoint on this? How how similar are you to Taylor? I, I mean, to answer that question, I would have to consult an expert, you know, because I'm just not sure if I'm qualified, you, you know? know? Okay, so, I understand. I understand. So, along those lines. Uh, this is this is from this clip of Taylor Lorenz and Libs of TikTok hanging out uh, at a, a lunch and having a little bit of an interview. This is all uh, filmed and let me give you this clip one more time to kind of reset this because it is there are multiple things in this interview that are central to everything that is wrong with the media right now uh here's a clip but there is a context that it would be okay to give kids pictures like that of gay sex anal sex and in, in i guess sex, i guess sex pictures and school i don't know i don't know because uh, you know who i would defer to on Car that zooming back. just because neither of us are sex educators i would defer that question to a qualified professional a sex educator and say hey you're an expert you've treated tons you know you've educated tons of people you're a full-time sex educator you've really studied this what are the appropriate boundaries i don't think that myself as a journalist or a media personality i don't think i'm the right one to make that decision and i guess i'm wondering why so you there think- so there that i have seen sex educators say that they they want these these books in in schools so then uh-huh. you're okay with it i think i would want to talk to the sex educator and rely on whatever the sex educators say oh i'm wondering why you feel like you're qualified to be a sex educator when you have no background in that uh, i don't want to be a sex educator i just don't want to give kids porn in school now, this is a fantastic interaction, and it just shows where we are. As I mentioned previously, Taylor Lorenz has basically like signed off her responsibility for her life. Yeah, right. Like she has taken, like she's transferred ownership. She's, you know, like we were talking about this with the Wendy Williams story a little bit earlier, where you know, and this is the Britney Spears was a famous this conservatorship idea. And she's basically signed, Taylor Lorenz has signed off a conservatorship of her own decision-making process here. She can't think about this issue on her own, whether it would be appropriate for children to see porn in the classroom. She so can't bring herself to say that that's a bad idea. She has to assign it to experts. And look, experts, a lot of experts do say it's okay. Does that make it okay for you? Now, who is the biggest expert about your child, right? It's you. You're the parent. It is literally your God-given and foundational objective in life to make the right decisions for your child. And while experts, of course, can give 
insight on those decisions, right? That's that we all look to medical experts for you know medical decisions, but we still make those decisions ourselves. They give us input in those decisions. They don't make those decisions for us. And if you signed your life away, like Taylor Lorenz seemingly has in certain circumstances where it's convenient, uh, like this, you know, I don't. What's the point of you being you? What's the point of you being a human being? Why aren't? What makes you different than the main character of the Lego Movie, right? Where everything is awesome, and you go to work every day, and everybody tells you what to do, and you live this life, and you never make a decision out of the mold. What is the point of you as an individual if you don't even put thought? into a massive decision like showing porn to kids at school. And this is the media in a nutshell. There's no thought to it. And and to expand this one extra layer here, right before this interaction, and it was edited out because in the interaction, they show the actual book. Again, this should set off alarm bells. If we can't show it on national television to adults... Why would it be appropriate for children? But I, I, I let that to the side for a second. In this interaction, they show, um, they talk about these books. And of course, Taylor Lorenz says that ah, this stuff isn't even happening. You don't know what you're talking about. She takes the pictures out. She shows her the pictures of these books. And Taylor Lorenz has a pretty honest re- reaction to it. She is as shocked as most people would be. Oh my God. You know, she kind of catches herself in the middle of the reaction. But she is reacting in shock like wow this is actual like cartoon pornography for kids and she eventually catches herself and gets to the expert thing but what's fascinating about that maybe at its core is that these photos uh and i say photos it's actually a drawing but it was a picture of the drawing i have seen pictures of this drawing probably a hundred times online because we talk about this issue often i wish i had seen it zero times I don't want to see it. It is not something uh, that is uh, is a positive image to, to, to be seen by anybody, adult or child. <coughs> but I have seen it just because we talk about this issue. People are posting about it all the time. It has been in news, basic news coverage about this story. Here is Taylor Lorenz, who has written about this numerous times, who has written about this woman, uh, Libs of TikTok, n- numerous times, who has covered this issue and saw, seen, uh, shown how evil conservatives are online about it numerous times, is sitting at an interview with this woman, Libs of TikTok, and has never before seen these images. How is it possible as a journalist to go through months and months and months of coverage of this topic and have not even bothered to check to see what is in these books. She has not made motion one to try to understand the argument of the other side, which is overwhelmingly convincing when you see the actual pictures. It's just a total destruction of what journalism was, Jason. Oh, I mean, take it beyond journalism. I mean, this is an entire generation of people that have grown up and they've been taught in universities this is the way it is. They're, the universities don't no longer teach them how to think. They teach them what to think. Mm. Um, and that's, that's this entire generation. 
which I kind of think we should take advantage of being from Gen Xers. I, I would love to draw up a bunch of like contracts where they basically sign over everything to me because they're not going to read it. Right. They're yeah. not going to do their own homework on it. They're just going to sign it. Yeah. We just have to bring an expert along and say, this expert says you should sign it. Yeah. yeah he's the expert. <laughs> right. That's I, I love in that clip. She keeps on saying she that was like her big thing to turn her, turn it back around on the libs of TikTok chick yeah. was like, oh, are, I, I just want to know why you think you're an education expert. I'm like, that's your big thing? Right. Like th- that She's not trying to be an education expert. Yes, it's just very obviously she just doesn't want porn to be shown to kids. <laughs> if if you if you can't come to that conclusion on your own without yeah. someone standing over what else can you be convinced of? Right. And that and that, this I hate to say it has led to every genocidal tragedy in our world's history. Yeah. It's always a bunch of experts saying that that group of people is inferior. It's always that. It's yeah. There are always intellectual elites at the top of the chain that say those people are bad. It's okay to kill them. Yeah. And like, it is obviously what she's doing here is not equivalent to that, but the, the mindset is similar. When you sign away your personal agency and act as if you cannot determine what is right and what is wrong, yeah. when you can't do it, you have to give up that right to somebody else, mm-hmm. somebody far away, somebody in a bureaucracy, somebody who can make those decisions because they're special. They can do it. And they've decided that, look, uh, black people shouldn't be able to have the same water fountains. Yeah. I guess that's what we should go with. Well, that's not an okay thing. That's not an okay way. You don't, you know, you don't get to go in front of the court and say, well, they I was just taking orders. That's not how that works. You morally have a, a an obligation to put your own mind into the process. You can't just assign all decision making to someone else because you think it's going to get you out of making the decision. I mean, that's convenient. It's a nice way to try to win an argument at a cafe where you're four feet away from being hit by an SUV, but it is not a it is not a way to make a decision for yourself. And it's certainly no way to own your own freaking life. Yeah. You don't own your life if you think like her. And you can see this is why she's constantly a victim of everything. Right? Like that's Taylor Lorenz in a nutshell. She's a victim of the internet. She can't just sign off of it. No, no. Just like everybody else. She can't do that. She's a victim of every bad comment. She's crying all the time. She's constantly a victim of all of her surroundings because she has no control over it. She's assigned control of her life to everyone around her. Yeah. Who say they're experts. You remember that there was a push from the media it was a few, few years ago. It might have been under Trump. I can't remember. But they, the media collectively, almost like they were handed this you know, talking point where their big uh, boogeyman was the words, do your own homework. You remember yeah. that? They yeah. were writing about it. They were talking about it on mm-hmm. cable news. Like, well, you know, do your own homework. Because actually, like, shut up. Yeah, that was very, like, yeah, yeah, it was very central to an attack on Glenn. Like, and because Glenn would say that all the time as a way of saying, like, hey, like, don't just believe me. You shouldn't. You should go and look this stuff up and understand it for yourself. It should be something that is praised, right? Frankly, and you're right. It was became a boogeyman for a while. I mean, I mean but if that if that's what your entire belief system is based off of, you know, which is complete and totally lazy. You know, I, I guess it's good if you're really, really lazy because you essentially don't have to do a thing. Just be like, well, what do I say? Well, what what do I do? But if your entire system is based around that, mm. of course you're going to defend it. Yeah. But I mean, you're exactly right. That that is scary for a society moving forward because if you fall in line with that. You can be told anything. You can be told to do anything. Give up anything.
And what do you do? How do you how do you push back when you've been believing experts every every step of the way? I, and again, I don't mean to vilify expertise. It's important. But like you can't just disassociate yourself from your own life. All right. Back in, uh, in just a minute. Uh, give you a quick challenge here. It's going to take a little bit of your time. Not much, but a little. In the end, it's probably going to save you a ton of money. And even better, it means supporting a company that believes in the same values you do. I want you to do your own homework which is not a boogeyman, it's a good thing, consider making the switch to Patriot Mobile. Check them out. See if, if you like it, because Patriot Mobile has a mission statement. It is to passionately defend our God-given constitutional rights and freedoms and to glorify God always. That's the kind of business I can get behind. I mean, think of how much we complain about companies all the time. Oh, gosh, Bud Light is doing this and you know Disney is doing that. Really important stuff to, to complain about. But when you find a company that actually has a mission statement like that, it's one you want to support. Now, of course, that's not the whole picture. Look, it's I, I'll be honest with you. If they were just, you know, had a great mission statement, it wouldn't be reason to support them. You'd also need to get great service, and they do that as well. Get the same nationwide service while supporting a company that actually loves America. How do you miss out on that? They have affordable plans for your budget, excellent coverage, and a top-notch U.S.-based customer service program. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. You'll get free activation when you use the offer code BECK. Join me, make the switch today, patriotmobile.com slash Beck. It's patriotmobile.com slash Beck, or call them 972-PATRIOT. Are opinions weighing you down? Call in and let it out. 888-727-BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, as we're finishing up this hour and we've been talking about how the media is basically all turning into Cornell West, Taylor Lorenz, a great example. There's another great example of Joy Reid on MSNBC. We don't have time to get to it today. I'm going to hit it on Studos America tonight, though, because it's important. Uh, it's important to see the drift because you're always going to have somebody who's crazy. The question is, how much authority and credibility are they given by society? There's always been crazy people and there always will be crazy people. How do we deal with that? And how do we deal with a media that has gone awry? There's an interesting story from the FBI uh, Twitter account. They've tweeted a website explaining how they're combating organized retail theft. Now, we've been talking about this as a massive problem for a long time. It's destroying our cities. I mean, it's destroying them. Uh, and, you know, these downtowns are completely cleaned out of businesses now. People are shutting down vital businesses for local residents you know, Walgreens and CVS just shutting down all over the place. Have you seen the, like, they come in in these, like, crazed waves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, my wife was in a makeup store locally here in Texas, and they these three women came in and with giant plastic garbage bags and filled garbage bags with makeup. My daughter was there in the store with her, filled it up, and just walked right out. And no one did anything. Here? In Texas. Wow. No one did anything. And this is... Of course, sending a, a, a clear message of incentive to people who want to do this. Well, the FBI wants to make sure that you know they're on the case here. Mm. Okay. And uh, they've tweeted an image uh, explaining uh, how they're detailing uh, how they're going to fight the retail theft program uh, here. And apparently, they think Paris Hilton <laughs> is the one doing it. Uh, <laughs> because the picture is like two hot mid-20-year-old white women who are dressed in, like, multi-thousand dollar uh, outfits. I don't think those are... That's not the typical 
profile, I'm sure. You know, women who look like that. I'd be on the case, too. Frankly, I'm going to go look for them as well. Jason <laughs> is on the case. <laughs> now, I'm warning you, whoever is in this stock photo, make sure you close your blinds tonight because Jason is on the case. Uh, I'm but, coming. <laughs> but, I mean, it just, like, I, can we at least be, you know, I don't know, realistic and address the real issues here? The Glenn Beck Program.